Sarashiva Samarambam Shankaracharya Madhyamam Asmadacharya Paryantam Vande Guru Paramparam Ishwaro Karatmeti Murti Veda Vibhagine Vyoma Bhadvyapta Deaya Dakshinamurtaye Nama Sarva Vedanta Siddhanta Gocharam Tamagocharam Govindam Paranandam Sadgurum Pranatoshmyam Om Sri Krishna Govinda Narayanam So awareness is my nature Existence is my nature, and love is my nature. And we started this by saying you always love something. Did, they, did anybody disagree with that? Did anybody have an argument against that? As we defined it, love is the what? Paying attention is my consciousness or my love, my existence, right? Invested in an object, willingly. Now, you could say, well, uh, what about um, somebody has a gun to my head and they say, pay attention. <laughs> Is there love? Huh? And, and you, you unwillingly do what they tell you to do. Okay? Is that love or not? I love my life more than anything else, but I do what they say. Yeah, there you go. So you do it. You do what they say unwillingly, what? Because or willingly? Because what? Because you love your life more than anything. And you love your life. Why do you love your life? Why? Why do you? Why do you love your life? Because just living is what beautiful, isn't it? That's why we said you don't want to live another day. So love is behind every single thing we do. Now we need to talk. So if you see on the chart here, see we got a bunch of little hearts on the left. We got five hearts. We've got these five different levels of consciousness, you can say, of, of life. This is why there's no bhakti yoga. In other words, why bhakti yoga is not a special yoga. There's this notion in the spiritual world that there's bhakti yoga, there's karma yoga, there's jnana yoga, there's triguna vibhava yoga, there's kundalini yoga, there's yoga, 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 yoga. There's Bikram yoga, there's yoga, yoga, yoga. How many yogas are there? Every every day there's a new yoga coming out. Yoga of love, yoga of this, yoga of that, so forth and so on, right? Huh? You produce it also. What? You produce it also, yoga of love. Yeah, I produce <laughs> yoga of love. 
yoga blood. So yogas are, are, are everywhere. <coughs> are, are any of those yogas different? No, why not? Because they're what? They're motivated by love, aren't they? So why would you say yoga is anything you do? Let's put it this way then. If you have a hard time with that. Every any everything you do is motivated by love. Right? That's our that's what that's your argument, is what Vedanta's teaching. Okay. What about Donald? Now this is the first level. This is Donald Trump, okay? <laughs> Everybody's got an inner Donald. <laughs> don't, don't, don't think you're special and different and you don't have an inner Donald. You have an inner Donald. You, you want to you distance yourself. You want to think that's Donald Trump, but no, I've got one. And what is this, this, what is this Donald Trump? He's a materialist, he's an atheist, and he's got lots of attachments. But what does he love? Stuff, money, sex, power, whatever. You, you, it's not hard. You want fame, whatever it is, huh? He he likes stuff. He loves it. More the better, huh? He's greedy. He's real greedy. So you can't say he doesn't have love, can you? You can't say love's not his nature, can you? He loves his kids. I mean, uh, seems like the only, only, only people he doesn't attack and doesn't insult on, on a regular basis uh, are his are his kids, huh? <laughs> so uh, even even El Chapo, you know, who's killed millions or uh, thousands of people, or what was the one in 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 uh, Colombia? Escobar. Escobar. Pablo Escobar, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, they killed uh, thousands of people. But he, he, people love him. Why? He sp spread the wealth. He loved his kids. Did all kinds of charity, gave money to the church, did all sorts of stuff. So it doesn't mean he didn't, and he loved money, and he loved violence. You can't say he didn't love violence. He did plenty of violence, so he must have loved that. Huh? He willingly did that. So you can't say that that person does, doesn't have love, can you? So, you know, at, 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 every single human being has love and is motivated by love. It's just, what is my love going to? What do I love? Who do you love? You can say, who do you love or what do you love? Isn't, huh? It's not like Tina Turner, what's love got to do with it? <laughs> it all, huh? Love's all there is to do with it, huh? Because there's not one thing that's apart from love. Now, this is called samsara. It's a samsari. 
should be a Samsori. Because <laughs> these people always have sorrows, don't they? They always have tragedies and sorrows and pains. Why? Because they're trying to like, they're trying to like keep objects that make them happy and avoid objects that make them unhappy. But the sad story is what? What's, what's so sad about that state of mind? Is that the control of the objects that they want and don't want is not un, under, is they're not under their control. The objects are not under their control. This is why they suffer. I know people, the, the secret people, they're all trying to beat this notion, the, the Seth people. They, they all think that there's, they can have a special kind of spiritual power, like a mantra or with some kind of special attention, and they can magnetize and attract the objects they want and repel the objects they don't want, and therefore have create a, a shield of energy around them that what? Uh, on their own, so they're just enjoying and blissful and uh, gone with the fairies and dancing like angels all the time. That's what they think. <clears throat> but they live in, in a total fantasy world. Why? Because the presence and absence of objects is controlled by what? By God. Not the self. Leave the self out of it. The self isn't, for the self, there's no world, okay? There's only the self for the self. For consciousness, there's only consciousness. It doesn't know there's a world. It doesn't know you're here and you're suffering, okay? It's, <laughs> it's quite happy uh, with your misery. It doesn't know it. So, so leave the self out of it. But there is a factor in existence that what? That generates this world. That creates this world. We can't say this world doesn't exist, can we? Can you say the world doesn't exist? Huh? Hey, you can go to Tony Parsons if you want to believe that. Or these Neos that say the world doesn't exist. This is total nonsense. The world definitely exists. Why? Why does the world definitely exist? Well, because you can't experience something that doesn't exist, can you? Huh? Can, can you experience something that doesn't exist? In, in, uh, you can in Montana where I come from. If you go to a bar in Montana, all the country bars anyway, they all have jackalopes. You know what a jackalope is? It's a rabbit, a big rabbit with horns on it. The taxidermist took a horns from an antelope and put them on a rabbit. So they take a jackrabbit and put antelope horns on it, and they call it a jackalope. <laughs> huh? You see it in the bars. At least you did when I grew up. When I was a drinking man, then. then. 
Now, is there actually such a thing? Does that jackalope actually represent an existent thing? No, it, it doesn't represent, it's a non-existent animal. There is a non-existent thing called a jackalope, except that particular symbol is a jackalope, but it doesn't refer to anything other than itself. So you can't experience something that doesn't exist, can you? So we can't say, huh? You can't say the world doesn't exist. All we can say is what? The world's not real. Isn't that right? What do we mean by that? I can see everybody's just thinking, just a minute. Because what's the implication of that statement? What's the implied meaning of that statement? The world's not real. The implied meaning is that all the things I've been chasing uh, are not real. Right? Because aren't you chasing a bunch of things here? <laughs> trying to avoid a bunch of things here? <clears throat> I'm not talking to the self now. We're leaving the self out of it. Okay, leaving the self out of the picture. It doesn't count now, okay? Discount the self. I'm a person. And I want certain things and I don't want certain other things. Is that true? <coughs> and if the things that I want and I don't, don't want, including myself, not the self, myself, the person that I think I am, the body, mind, intellect, entity. If, if those things are not real, then why am I chasing them and trying to avoid them? Huh? Huh? Why, why, why are you doing that? Well, because, because you think they are real, that's the reason, right? See what the problem is? Can you see what our big problem, we got a big problem now, don't we? Got another problem. <laughs> you're not, you're fine, but you, there is a problem, there are some problems here that need to be sorted out. Now, what does is, what is the world's not real mean? What does that mean? It's never the same from one moment to the next. Isn't it? And when you're chasing a, 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 say, let's say a love relationship, let's keep it on the topic of love. When you're, when you're chasing love, when you want love, and you find love, Love, you know, love of my life. Right? <laughs> and that's what we're all looking for, huh? The love of my life. When you find that, is that love going to last forever? Huh? Is it? What's the answer? Go ahead and say no. it. No. 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 <laughs> yeah. huh? no, you don't want to say it, do you? <laughs> you do not want to say no. You hate to say no. I'm provoking you. 
I'm trying to get you to say no because I know you don't want to say no. <laughs> you don't want to say no because you want to believe that what? That that, you have to watch too many movies, too much Hollywood. Hmm? And you think there is a special person out there and that you're going to love them forever and so forth and so on. But that object love never lasts. Why? Because the one that's loving the person is in a constant state of change. The object is in a constant state of change. And, and so what? And so the transaction, this kind of love is transactional love. The transaction between the two is, is constantly changing also. The circumstances in which both people are existing is in a constant state of flux. So how is that feeling of love going to remain constant and steady and full and blissful forever? How's that going to happen? And that feeling is not under your control, is it? <coughs> this is why we have to bring God into the picture. God's the part that controls the world. God's the factor. We're not saying it's the self, and we're not saying it's not the self. We're saying God is a factor, a factor, that's controlling how everything behaves here, everything that happens here. It creates everything, it sustains everything, and it destroys everything. And we know from our own experience that nothing here remains the same from one moment to the next. That's what samsara means. Samsara means that one second, if you know something one second, it's changed now a second later. And so it has a different nature now than it had a second ago. So your knowledge is always, you're always trying to catch up. In other words, you're always living in the past when you're in samsara. You formed your idea here at this moment, and suddenly the situation changes, and this idea doesn't apply now because a new situation has happened, and I have to relearn everything every second. And the way it changes and how it changes, right, is out of my control. Your feelings. Do Think about this. Do you feel before you feel? Do you think, I'll feel angry before you feel anger? Okay, get angry. Come on. Get really, I want you pissed off. I want you really angry. Go ahead, get angry. You can't, can you? Anger erupts, doesn't it? In certain certain, it's not there all the time. It's hidden, maybe. And when certain circumstances happen, when they come up, then what? Anger arises. When, when, when the circumstances change that don't conform to my likes or dislikes, then anger comes, doesn't it? But I don't think I'll be angry now. It just comes, which means what? Awareness isn't having anything to do with it, because awareness uh, is just the light in which the anger appears, isn't it? And it's not bothered whether it's anger or, or love or whatever it is, it doesn't care. It's just the light. 
of awareness, just knowledge of awareness, of, you know, knowledge of the, the knowingness of things. And you as a person, you as a person, uh, you're not generating that. It's just happening to you. You don't set out to think, I want to be angry today, do you? What is with love? Huh? What is with love, for example? Well, we what, what, what kind of love are we talking about? When we do karma yoga, for example, we produce the love inside us. Karma yoga, you produce love? Yes. Because uh, we choose well, to be thankful. Well, to feel the okay. Yes, karma yoga is, is loving God. Practice love. It's pra the practice of love. Yes, karma yoga is the practice of love. We're going to get to that in a minute. I'm leading up to that. But you don't have to feel the feeling of love when you... When you practice... practice well, you when you understand karma yoga, then you will love God. In other words, you will love the factor that's causing things to change. You will love the creator of objects, the sustainer of objects, and the destroyer of objects, when you understand karma yoga. But you can't, you won't love God until you understand what God is and why the only option is to love God if you want to be free. So, because if you can love God on your own, well, why don't you just love God? That solves the problem, doesn't it? Now, some people, this is the second stage, they love God. It's called a second, they love God. This is, see in second stage too? These are informal devotion. There's no rules. So up here when we get to karma yoga and jnana yoga, there's rules. It's formal. You have to follow rules. Or it's not karma yoga or yana yoga. But at this stage, and here, it's here, that's up to you. you. You whatever objects you want to love, whatever material objects, you're free to love them. It's no, it's up to you. Whatever, huh? And here, whatever kind of God you want, you can love it. Why do why do people some why you see these little old ladies in church? In, little, in Spain we have them. Uh, or in Italy, you see them going into the church in the morning, sitting there, lighting a candle, they're very quiet. And they just love God like crazy. Why? It's Jesus. Jesus. We could say Jesus. You know, huh? My God. If you ask them to love Krishna or Buddha or Allah, <laughs> <laughs> huh? You're not. You're not going to get. You're not going to get much out of them. In fact, they're going to tell you that though that isn't God, right? They, huh? they. It's a personal God. What's the event? It's a so such a shame. It's really. It's a tragedy that that the spiritual people are so ignorant of God and really have a hard time loving God. It's really sad. And and the reason the reason it's 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 understandable. It's understandable because because what? Because so much misery has been inflicted on human beings in the name of religion 
that we threw God out when we threw religion out. We're, we're fed up with religion, right? Probably everybody, most everybody in this room is probably pretty fed up with religion. Because of all, you know, look, I mean, look what's going on now. You're just killing me. You know, it's the same thing going on all the time. Uh, it's destruction. It's, uh, it's behind the idea of my God and your God, so forth and so on. So you can understand that, but but by getting try, getting rid of God, you're making a grave mistake. You're making a really big mistake spiritually. Understand? If you don't have God in your life, you're never going to get free. I tell you. I know this is a this is a again another hard hard thing to accept, isn't it? I need to what acknowledge my what dependence on God before I can get free of God. As long as you pretend that you're free of God, in other words, you're an atheist or an agnostic, and you don't acknowledge the God factor, uh, you'll never grow spiritually. See, the relationship with God is your primary relationship. In fact, it's the only relationship you have. But we'll just say it's a primary relationship. Why is it primary? Well, because the thing that you value most was given by you. Huh? What do you value most? Your life, isn't it? Don't you value your life more, more than anything? You sure do. And did you give yourself life? Huh? Did you? No, you didn't. So, so who or what? Okay, if you want it to be a who, here it's a who, personal. For Vedanta, it's a what. But whether it's a who or a what, who or what did give you the life? It wasn't the self, was it? Because the self doesn't even know there's a life. The self is beyond life and death. Life and death is in the world. Things are born and things die in the world. But the self is eternal. It's beyond birth and death. It wasn't born and it doesn't die. So what? I, you don't have to use the word God. We, we call it Ishwara in Vedanta. But I, I like God. God's fine. As long as you understand what God is. Understand? When you understand what God is, you'll start loving God, I tell you. Because unless you have God on you, since God's controlling the whole thing, and if you don't have God on your side, you're asking for trouble, aren't you? Huh? If you're not playing by God's rules... If you're playing by your rules and you're not playing by God's rules, you're going to be in a pickle. You're going to suffer like a dog. 
because God is what's called Dharma Raja. Not only God is the creator of the world, it's given you life, which is the most valuable thing to you, but God has created a world of laws and rules. What are those laws? What are those rules? <coughs> I need to know what God's laws are. You're happy to do what the government tells you, aren't you? But are you happy to do what God tells you? You're scared of the government, so you do what the government tells you, right? Well, you better be scared of God. Because <laughs> if you don't, God's going to whack you. Understand? You break God's rules, you get that's what suffering is. If your actions and your thoughts are in, and your feelings are in harmony with God's laws, then you'll then you'll enjoy. Life will be an enjoyment because you'll be in harmony with your creator and with the world around you, with the creation and the creator. The creation and the creator are called God. <laughs> and you want to live in harmony with God. Isn't it? So what are those laws? In Vedanta, God is called Dharma Raja. Raja means the king. It means the king of Dharma. <coughs> Dharma means the rules. In other words, the world has a moral dimension. Not just a physical dimension and a psychological dimension, it has a moral dimension also. Now it's easy to understand God's laws as, as, as the, the, the laws of, you know, the physical laws, isn't it? Like thermodynamics and electricity and these laws, gravity. These are laws. You can understand those aren't people's laws, can't you? People that you people did you did no person invented electricity, did they? Did any person invent fire? Did any person invent light? Did any person invent matter? No, no person invented any of these material things at all, did they? There's some factor that invented them, <laughs> created them. So God's the, God's the creator. So you can understand that as being God, right? Okay. What about, uh, yeah, you all had breakfast, probably. Uh, are you digesting your food now? It's a trick question. It is digesting. Huh? It is digesting. Yeah. Not yeah, it is. Your food is digesting, but you're not digesting it, right? What is it that's digesting the food? Germs. <laughs> and your germs, yeah. <laughs> chemicals, germs and chemicals, isn't it? Not just germs, but chemicals. Insentient and sentient entities. They're insentient things are chemicals, and sentient things are the germs. So there's, huh? So, because the creation is matter and sentient or conscious beings. So inside here 
is the, is is chemicals swirling around. The different you, you know, for depending on the food you eat, God sends the right chemical, and depending on the food you eat, God puts the right germs in there. You need to have the right biome. It's called your biome. When you get the wrong germs in your gut, then you have a huge problem. And the wrong chemicals coming in, then you have another huge problem. But you're not in control of that. You can gain control of it, actually, if you understand God's flaws and how God creates. You can <coughs> gain a certain amount of control over your digestion. But, you, but the very fact is, if you were digesting the food, you wouldn't be what? Listening to what I'm saying, because you'd be too busy, dead, you know, digging up all the chemicals and, and requisitioning the germs. You'd be on your cell phone call, calling up germ this and germ that, and please come over here and digest here because I've got this food in there that needs to be digested. And you'd be you know, on the internet trying to find out, you know, wouldn't you? But but in fact, you're huh? so there's some factor that's taking care of your. Your breathing, your digestion, your excretion, the absorption of food, the assimilation of the food, your bloodstream, the circulation of the food, your nerves. Who's, who's, who's operating your nervous system now? Well, you're thinking. You're, we're thinking here. We're, we're, uh, and even your intellect. Huh? The, fact, uh, the fact that you can actually think and, and follow this idea that so I can think and teach is what is happening by the grace of God, isn't it? Because without an intellect and without this, we're not going to be able to understand these teachings and set ourselves free, are we? Your desires and fears, your whole psychological makeup is made up of, is made up by God. You didn't make up your psyche, did you? The way you think and the way you feel, did you make that up? Did you make up your karma? Huh? Did, did you choose your parents? Oh, you did, do, you, do you recall before you were born here? You know, anybody asking you where you'd like to be born? You want to be a German or American? You want to be a man or a woman? You want to be rich or poor in the family? Do you want to be in front? Do you call any of those things? Anybody asking you those things? And did you sign, the, you know, up and 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 you tell them, no, I don't want that. I want to be born here. I don't want to. <laughs> you don't remember because it never happened. You you were sent here. <laughs> you appeared here one fine day with everything operating. So whatever it is, and you can put any word on it you want. I just like God because it's short and sweet, easy word. You can, you know, any word you want is fine. But what is it that what created and and this whole situation, this life, this. That's called God. And we say there, there's not one God or many gods. We say there's only God. 
understand? And God is the laws, and, and I'm, what am I doing? I'm trying to extract huh, happiness from a field, huh, from an environment, a field, an environment of rules and laws. I'm trying to pull the happiness out and, and avoid the pain. Because the law of duality is operating in this matrix. It's a matrix of laws. And the laws, the, the, the main law is what? The law of pleasure and pain, of joy and sorrow. And as the poet said, they are woven fine. Like when you weave things, huh? You make a piece of cloth, you take, one thread goes this way, and the other thread goes this way, so you have a cloth. But they're all intertwined, aren't they? They're, huh? It's called the warp and the woof. Huh? So the joy and the sorrow are all connected tight. And you want to do what? You want to just pull out the happy bits huh? and avoid all the unhappy bits. Is that, is that your view? Yes, that's my view, right? Because that's what I'm doing all day long, isn't it? Trying to avoid pain and get pleasure. Hmm. How's that working for you, as Dr. Phil says? No, Dr. Phil? Oh, he's gone now. He's old now. I don't know if anybody watches old Dr. Phil anymore. But he used to say, he gets people to tell their whole story. And of course they were, he had them there because they had miserable stories. And he was the guy that was going to fix them. So they'd tell their story and he'd say, and their solution, they always had a solution. And then he'd say, how's that working for you? It means it's not working for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how, how is this, how's your life going? Trying to do, you know, with this view. Well, it's, there's nothing wrong with it, mind you, because that's what you're doing, so it's fine. But wouldn't it be wise to, like, understand what the laws of love, what the laws of, huh, the laws of attraction and repulsion and the, law, the physical laws, wouldn't it, and all the laws? This is a totally, it's a matrix of, of just laws, dharmas. We call them dharmas. Wouldn't it be wise to know what those were and, and, and propitiate God? Propitiate means worship God. In other words, conform to what? To the rules. See, when I want something or fear something, I'm not very interested in the rules, am I? Insofar as what? There's something that comes up that what stands in the way of me getting what I want or avoiding what I don't want, there's a big temptation, isn't there, to what? To break the rules. I, I can tell you about that because I was an expert. <laughs> I was a real expert at breaking the rules from very young. By the time I was 25, I was so miserable, I was so unhappy, 
that by God's grace, God gave me a vision. And I realized that you could say the error of my ways. I lived in, uh, I have friends in England. They lived in a kind of upscale suburb, not suburb, really part of, part of London itself, called Dulwich. It was, uh, it was actually Margaret Thatcher, the prime minister lived in that town, that part of London called Dulwich. Had a beautiful park there, you know, ducks and all that, and, uh, and a nice pub. And I used to go to the pub when I visited them for lunch. The, my friends worked, and, and uh, so I'd, I'd walk to the park and wander around the park, then I'd go to the pub for lunch. And on the way to the park was a, were the stocks. You know what the stocks are? Yeah, it's a medieval, it was a medieval uh, discipline. You know, they, they, whenever you broke one of the rules of the, of the, the, in the town, they take you and, oh, and they put genius. your feet like this and your head like this and your head like this and they have a thing like that and you sit like this, you couldn't move, right? And, and then the townspeople on their way, uh, they'd go by and then they'd insult you or throw, or they'd take rotten fruit and, uh, or <laughs> tomato and throw at you. And they'd stand there and lecture you. Huh? That, that was how you they punished people. They really should bring them back. <laughs> <laughs> they should have, for the trolls on the internet, <laughs> the trolls, they need to bring them back. And, and, uh, and, they, and so they, they preserved, they, they saved some, some uh, from the medieval times. And there was a marble, uh, piece of marble at, in front of the <clears throat> stalks. So the guy could read it. The guy's sitting there like this, and then there's this piece of marble, and on it these words are, are inscribed. You know what the words were? Tis sport for a fool to make mischief. Huh? May thy wicked ways correct thee. Translated it in a normal English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, German. Foolish people, foolish people think they're they're clever by breaking the rules. But what? But your own actions will correct you. In other words, you will get karma for your bad actions because you're going against the rules. We need it today. Honestly, you could, people need to be, you know, it's all the little stuff. So when you break the rules, you suffer. And when you honor God, because God is the rule giver and the rules. See, we say reality is non-dual. So the, the creator and the creation the king of Dharma and the Dharma, the rules themselves, are non-different. So God is right here, right now, uh, organizing, regulating, and governing the behavior of everything. Huh? 
And if I want to have a happy life and, and that leave, you know, forget all this fancy God stuff. God's just what my life is right around me. The air I breathe, I mean, we have a problem with the air, don't we? Because we can't breathe it anymore. Isn't it? We have a problem with the water. We can't drink it anymore. The food. Huh? Uh, huh? Huh? It's full of chemicals. It's killing us. We're all getting cancers and sick and and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Why is that? Because we're not like taking care of God. We have all these problems with people. We're not seeing people as God. God created you. You didn't create you. God made you beautiful and pure and perfect as you are. Why are you fighting with somebody? Why are you hating people? Why do you hate yourself? Why do you have conflict with yourself? It's not your fault. The, the, the beauty that you are came from God. The ugliness that you are came from God. You need to what? You need to accept it. That's called love. Love is accepting it. Love is understanding. Love is what should stand under you and be the basis of your relationship with everything. That's what we call worship of God. That's what we call karma yoga. Karma yoga is bhakti yoga. It's love of God. Ishwara, we call it Ishwara in Vedanta. How it works, Will. What time do we, are we off? Lunch is, yeah, lunch is so. Yeah, okay, well, we can take it, we'll explain karma yoga later, but I've got to back up. I've got to talk about this personal deity for a little bit, too. So this afternoon, what time do we come back? 3.30. Uh, 3.30? Yeah. Uh, at 3.30, at three, yeah, 3 come back and we'll, we'll, because uh, we're going to work through this and then we'll take up the text, but the text will make sense once we get the big picture. That's the idea. So we provide the context for, for this text and then, then the verses will all make sense. You'll see where they fit and what they do and so forth and so on. So don't worry, we're going to get to the text. We've got lots of time, uh, and we're just going to very patiently and slowly work through this, uh, this teaching. It's a beautiful teaching. In fact, this is, this is one of, the, one of the, our most advanced spiritual texts there is, actually. Because it tells you what uh, non-dual love is and what, a, what freedom is in a practical way, very simple way. Because if you don't bring love into it, you're, uh, if you think, huh? If you don't look at, look at life through the, through the love filter, <laughs> you're, you're missing out, you're missing the essence. Because the essence is love. That's the Atman. The Atman is love. Atman means yourself. The self is love.